This episode of New Old Friends is brought to you by Mission Bar. Mission Bar, located at 302 North Main Street in beautiful Santa Ana, California. Mission Bar, the official sponsor of the New Old Friends podcast. For an authentic Santa Ana taco, check out our buddies at Tacos El Gringo. Stealing your abuelitas recipe since forever. <laughs> since the dawn of time. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> yeah, make sure to check them out on Instagram at tacos underscore E-L underscore gringo for daily specials and locations. back everyone joe how you doing today how you feeling i'm feeling good oh man, i'm feeling good too man sprite <laughs> sprite holler at us <laughs> dude i'm so thankful for today oh yeah why is that the weather was awesome it wasn't scorching hot this time dude it's about fucking time bro well, at least you have ac at your house you know that is true man did i it would be nice to have an extra $200 in my pocket, though. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so, yes. Yeah, that's that's kind of the shitty part, but it's definitely, definitely a fucking necessity, man. I mean, when it gets too hot, it's like you can't, f- you can't do anything. It's just you can't function. Yeah. It's yeah. so uncomfortable to do anything. You're just, oh, well, yeah, you're just sweaty the whole time, and you just want to shower, you know, uh-huh. and shower and <laughs> every... Yeah, every so often. Yeah, dude. So to, you know, nice shower. You know, you know freshen up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joe, let me ask you, what's your, what's your, what's your go-to when you go to Tacos del Gringo? My go-to? Yeah, what, uh, what do you recommend? Oh, it depends if I'm feeling real freaky naughty. All right, this is one of those nights you are feeling freaky naughty. Uh, I'll get the, the, um, I'll get the loaded tots. Ooh. Oh, my God. What, al pastor? Oh, so crispy and gooey and ooey and una salsa bien picante you sound like ryan right now <laughs> i miss you bro <laughs> my go-to is uh the mulita and you know what like i like i like their their asada and al pastor but their chicken their chicken's bomb too dude yeah it's one of those um things that you like i don't feel like a lot of people order it maybe it's just because when i'm there i don't see people eating it a lot but yeah dude that chicken is so good like if you haven't tried it definitely get their chicken man. yeah i recommend the chicken molita dude yeah chicken a chicken yeah but um yeah dude everything there is fucking bomb though yeah i agree man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. not 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 that we're shouting out response or anything but like on the real this is real talk right here <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i mean i definitely look forward to taco tuesdays you know at mission bar mission bar i get a nice little craft beer then get some tacos and then go home all happies yeah it's a good time you have live music yeah like it's popping off for a tuesday yeah dude it's so <laughs> weird but i mean people want something to do you know and it's, you can't go wrong with you know good beer and Good location, good people, and some bomb food. Yeah, there's hand sanitizer, people wear masks, so they take precautions. So, uh, you know, don't be scared of the Rona if you go to uh, Taco Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they, do, they do their part to keep it safe. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true, man. Yeah. So today we uh, we did things a little bit different, huh, Joe? 
Yeah, we did our first uh, Zoom uh, podcast episode, you know, it was, uh, definitely, definitely had some hiccups, but you know, like everything you try the first time, it's a learning curve. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> my mind went there. Bro. We both went there. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. You didn't have to say anything, man. <laughs> yeah. We got to go to church on Sunday for sure. But just saying it or something. Yeah, dude, we we sitting up in here. <laughs> Gosh, but yeah, dude, it was fun. I mean, um, it was different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I mean, um, yeah, if you guys you know want to hit us up, you know, now we can do it. And there's a there's always a workaround, you know, because I, I was always very like skeptic about it because I was worried that the you know the software of most of these like conference style. Um, mm-hmm video recording apps whatever on your on the computer like they just fuck up the audio so much yeah it makes it shitty makes it sound like you're a a robot with auto-tune you know what (laughs) i mean like it just does not sound good so i've always been kind of um against it but i mean that's the you know that's where we're at right now like some people you know live too far away can't come out here or um COVID's still here. Yeah, COVID's still here. So it's like, you know, we got to be safe as much as possible. And this is definitely a good alternative to still create content and still get the word out about what, like, people are doing, you know, cool shit that that they're doing, that they're promoting. Yeah, yeah. for me, it was, uh, at first, you know, it was kind of, took me a while to get a, get used to it, you know. Yeah, get in the funk, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit, like, he's... Definitely, like, a weird vibe. Yeah. It's like, he's there, but he's not there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we like to have people in, in front of us because it just feels more like a couple homies hanging out, like in the backyard. You know? Which was better when you're playing footsies underneath the table. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, that's a little insider trading that you guys don't. Yeah. Don't you don't see happening? But yeah, I actually brought down my hiking boots from the trunk of my car. I, I just grabbed one and I put it across from me just to kind of pretend <laughs> <laughs> like he was in front of me playing footsies, you know. <laughs> i wanted to make it as normal as possible you know? uh, that's why you were so calm the time like the whole time huh yeah bro it makes sense it all, <laughs> it all makes sense i'm like smells like smells like straight bata in here dude what happened dude we got the ac going like you know the from under cheese <laughs> from under my feet <laughs> from from under my feet <laughs> yeah man uh, so today's guest, uh, Joe, is, is a friend of Joe's, who's a friend of mine now. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for the for the introduction, Joe. You're welcome. But uh, you guys met in school, you said, yeah? Yeah, we met in college. We had a couple of classes. And then, yeah, we always just, um, we always got along and um, we always had a lot of fun. I've, hel- I've helped him out a lot. Um, some of his like bigger projects and stuff. Um, and it's always a good time. He's always been nice. Him and his wife um, are awesome. You know, we I loved hanging out with them in like college and stuff. And but yeah, now we're both down here in you know Southern California, and you know um, we try to hang out as much as possible, but not as much as we should. Yeah. Um, you know, we both got busy lives and work kind of just throws a monkey wrench into the whole situation. But now mm-hmm. with COVID, it's like fuck. You know, yeah, um, yeah, I like that he's uh really easy to help people out, you know, even for his first um, his first movie that he did, right? Everyone mm, that he yeah, used, first feature, yeah, yeah, first feature, it was like people uh doing a certain task for the first time, or people that that you know that are just good at something but are willing to try something different, you know. It's hard, man, it's really hard to break into this industry, like, it's not that easy to just get the job that you th- that you want. You have to 
a lot of the times you have to do stuff for free for a long time or do it for like almost nothing. Yeah. Um, just to get the credit and the fact that he, that he realized that, um, for one financially, it'd be easier just to get your friends. Yeah. Um, two, it's like a lot of these people would never get this opportunity to work on a feature. Yeah. So it's cool that he realized that he's given an opportunity to a lot of people for their like first time. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, a, there's no better way in learning something than actually doing it, you know? You could go to school all day. Yeah. But like he was saying, and like other people have, have said in this podcast, that school doesn't teach you everything, you know? It's a tough industry, but, like, dude, it's so fucking fun. It's yeah. so fun to be on set. Like, just work with, you know, creative minds and the collaborative process because it's, it's not just you. It's everybody has their own thing that they bring to the table, you know? Um, and you can't do your job without everybody else. Exactly. And, it's um, a team effort. Yeah. And it's just rewarding, man. It's just cool. You know, it's, a, you know, it's always, it's always fun to show the final product. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's the process of making it is what's fun. Yeah. The journey. Yeah. 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 Enjoy guys. And uh, again, hope you guys have a great week. Hang in there. You know, this COVID, you know, it's uh hurting a lot of people but it's also you know uh, a lot of people are using this time to better themselves or start a business write music or you know draw or find hidden talents that you know you wouldn't have had the time to uh discover had you been working this whole time so Mm -hmm. head strong baby we got this yeah hope you guys enjoyed the episode and uh we'll catch you guys next week and make sure to check out um austin and everything he's doing over there at uh, glass creek Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. You know, appreciate it. It's been a it's been a very long time. Yeah, I've actually, like actually <laughs> talk to you. <laughs> it has been a very long time. I feel like probably the last time we actually spent time together was shooting on the music documentary. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and that was a year ago, year and a half ago. Fuck, really? Yeah, it's been a long time. 2019 was a good year. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? Remember 2019 when you, you could you could do yeah. things and see people yeah. and yeah. all that. Yeah. Those yeah. are the good old days. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, How did uh, you and Joseph meet, man? So we actually met back in college. We had a couple of classes together, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember specifically what classes. Maybe cinematography? Does that sound right? Um, I know one of them was the... Oh, man. It was the one with the, uh, Rodrigo, right? Oh, so that'd be uh, directing. Directing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was more like a cinematography class than anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that directing class was definitely... That was definitely, it taught you how to go out yourself with a DSLR and just shoot something. It wasn't, it wasn't really about working with actors or coordinating a team no. or yeah. it, it was, you know, like, Hey, just, t- just take a 5d and run over there with one person who's not an actor and just shoot something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, Hey, go shoot some random person for minutes. Like, <laughs> like one of the assignment was like, oh man, what is it? 
come back with five one minute clips of like whatever you want to shoot. And I was just like, okay. And there there were yeah. some weird ones. There were some weird ones, man. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I feel like most of the most of what I learned about directing was all from like just trying to make like little shorts on the side. Oh, hundred percent. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, you can definitely teach directing, and like, I've I've watched like, uh, I think on Masterclass, Ron Howard has one, and that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Scorsese has one, and I watched a little bit of that. Um, but I feel like with directing and stuff, it's just, it's really hard to teach that. You just kind of have to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's like fundamental stuff kind of, you can teach someone, but it's really all like, if you're not a good communicator, then it's pretty much point. If you don't know how to communicate your vision across to every crew member, then, yeah, you know, you have to know how to talk to people first and foremost, you know? I think communi- communication is key, even at a restaurant. If you don't know how to communicate, you're not going to get the sandwich you wanted, you know? <laughs> Exactly. Same with like, same thing with directing. I'm assuming, but uh, how ru- uh, how rude of us? Let's backtrack a bit. Let's introduce ourselves here. You know, <laughs> let, let, let people know ahead who- of ourselves. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, welcome back, everybody. My name is Mike, and uh, I'm here with my boy. My name is Joseph. Joseph, who do we have in the studio today? Oh, go ahead. And, go ahead and introduce yourself, my boy. Introduce myself. Uh, yeah, dude. My my name is Austin. I am a director editor writer a lot of different things are um <laughs> things are yeah i don't know i just using that one i, I do a whole I, I do a whole bunch of stuff um for for money for the most part i do assistant uh assistant editing so i just this summer worked on an episode of shark week that was a lot of fun uh, I'm on an MTV reality show right now. I can't really talk about, and that's kind of the, that's the stuff that I do for money right now. But sort of my big personal project is Glass Creek Films, uh, and Glass Creek Films is essentially a company I've started trying to make movies, uh, and so it's you know making making films on a very uh, at a very low budget level, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we made our first feature year before last. That was Donovan Reed. Uh, and that premiered at San Francisco Independent Film Festival. Uh, to a, so big. Yeah. So sick. When I saw that, I was like, holy shit. My <laughs> we, boy made it. <laughs> we sold out a 230-seat theater, I think. 220, 230-seat theater for the, for the premiere. And then the second night, we sold at least half of the seats. Dude, uh, congratulations. Thank you. That was a very interesting project because pretty much everyone on it was doing their specific job for the first time ever on a feature. (laughs) My methodology and like putting the thing together was always like, okay, you know, I'm probably not going to be able to get someone who as a cinematographer or, you know, a script supervisor or whoever, I wasn't going to be able to get somebody who's like done a bunch of features to come work on my thing for like points and like, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. this little, little operation that we're doing. And so sort of my thought with it was, you know, I'm going to find a bunch of people who do good work in a department. I'm putting together this sort of hodgepodge crew of people who like, you know, are all sort of like diving in on this thing for the first time. What do you think? And so that's kind of how we treated every role on that project. It was definitely a mixed 
bag. I like, I'm immensely proud of the work we did and everybody came in and, you know, just utterly kicked ass. And I feel like if the film has shortcomings, I would say they're all squarely on me. I'm just really, really happy with how, you know, people were able to come into the project and really be doing what they were doing for the first time on feature at least. And, you know, in the end we made a movie and it premiered at San Francisco independent film festival. And like, we got, you know, a small distribution deal. We're out on Amazon. We're out on Tubi TV, like a mm-hmm. whole bunch of places. Dude, that's really cool. Uh, what's this movie about, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the premise for Donovan Reed is there's this young guy who goes to the police and says, hey, I'm this kid that went missing 10 years ago named Donovan Reed. And so sort of the question throughout the movie is, is he actually Donovan Reed or is he someone impersonating him? Um, and so he goes in, he like sort of integrates with the family. The dad's like, yes, this is my son, 100%. And the mom doesn't think it's Ooh, him. Yeah. And so that's sort of the, the tension of the movie is trying to figure out if it is or if it isn't. And uh, there's this detective that's also convinced that he isn't. And so he's kind of coming after them. And so, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the gist. Dude, I bet, I bet that guy's an alien. So how did this movie uh, come to mind? Where were you or what, what gave you the idea? What inspired you? I had the original idea way back in like, I think right after high school. I really liked the, uh, usually with films, I sort of start from an image or a particular scene that just sort of pops into my head. Um, and for that one, I had this very clear image of somebody going through like a set of newspapers and finding out about other people. So somebody who's like kind of cut off from everyone else and he's going through a newspaper. He like finds out about a person and is like cutting out every article he can find out about them. And is like pouring over the details and like learning about this person and then trying to like become them. And that's actually Mm. like, that's one of my favorite sequences from the movie is he finds uh, all these old newspapers out in in this backyard. He's being kept by this older woman and he's like confined to a house. The, the movie kind of cuts back and forth between his time being confined and his time with the Reed family and trying to fit in there. Uh, and so when he's confined, he goes and he finds this stack of newspapers and he, like we actually got to shoot this whole sequence where he's cutting out the different like details about Donovan Reed and what happened to him and learning. And so... Yeah, that was that was probably my favorite moment on set too. Was just getting to like, getting to that original that like scene that you envisioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's sick, dude. Yeah, because like, I'm sure you have this, you know, happen to you all the time. Is when you're watching a TV show or a movie, you can call out, "Ah, uh, he did it. Oh, uh, this is gonna happen." Mm-hmm. You know, you just know like you've seen so much, and obviously we had to study it, so like you understand like structure and plot and like you know yeah. the generic stuff for most tv shows and movies mm-hmm. and like your movie i was like all right cool this is gonna happen and i was like no shit oh. i'm wrong I, I was like damn i was like damn i'm wrong again i'm wrong yeah. again that's right i like looked over at bianca i was like damn this guy's doing it <laughs> it's like he's getting me every scene i'm just like oh i was wrong shit hell yeah that's awesome so I, that was like the biggest thing i was like damn dude like like this this movie's it, it's funny that you mentioned like you know it it doesn't feel when you're watching it. It doesn't feel low budget to me. I was like, 
dude, he actually did it, bro. Like, I know how, like, how, like, how much you like struggle to get the crew, and like, you're on a low budget. And when I saw it, I was like, holy shit, it, it doesn't feel like it. So anybody who doesn't know like the backstory is not going to think twice that this is a low budget film. Well, I I absolutely appreciate that. Um, I think credit for that can go to a couple of different places. Uh, I want to give Christine huge props because oh, yeah, on cinematography, she just absolutely killed it. She's like, so good. Made every location so just look incredible and just like the level of professionalism. I just, she was fantastic. Uh, and then I think we, we got a little lucky as far as um, I sort of wrote the script having a couple of locations in mind. So the whole Ellen's house portion of it where, you know, he's being kept, um, that was shot at a family friend's house, uh, someone I've been friends with for like a really, really long time. Um, and so like I knew that location and I knew about like the backyard and the creek and everything. And so I sort of like built out those sequences knowing that space. Nice. And then similarly, um, like a year before we shot this, um, I'd shot this little video for an artist named Emily Martin. Uh, and she is, she owns the house at Bodega Bay that we ended up shooting at. Oh, that's sick. And so I'd gotten a chance to kind of like explore that or not at Bodega Bay, apologies. Um, the house out at Dillon beach. And so, uh, I actually got the chance to go out there and shoot some stuff before. And I got familiar with like, you know, I found, um, she pointed out that shipping container that was just like an amazing set piece. Um, and just like, you know, different places along the Hills and that little grove of trees. Um, and so I think we got very, very lucky in that the locations all really worked for us. Um, the locations really helped bring, you know, that film up from, you know, okay, we're just getting a couple of actors out here to, it looks staged. It looks very like, you know, if we were shooting a lot of interiors, I think it'd be harder because you need a lot more art department, you need a lot more, you know, set dressing and all that kinds of stuff. But the fact that a lot of our stuff happens outdoors next to the beach or was, you know, in that backyard and the creek and everything. I think it really benefited from that. I was super proud. I was super proud of like, <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, I was like, damn, dude, he did it. That's so tight, man. Yeah. From uh, from CSUMB to <laughs> I know <that>. shoot a <laughs> feature. Uh, Joseph brought up an in- an interesting topic. You know, uh, as a director, when you're watching a movie, right? Like, mm. I'm sure your mindset's different from someone that that's just going like a regular person like myself that just goes to watch a movie you know i'm sure you're like oh check out that camera angle oh and like joseph's like was saying that his brain's just tinkering you know does that happen to you yeah it's i definitely have a hard time watching movies without reading into everything (laughs) like trying to put my like yeah i i have a hard time watching movies without like analyzing every little piece and part of them Um, and that's why like a a lot of my favorite movies are movies that have like multiple layers going on, um, where like either, you know, they're doing some like, like Nolan with all of the different like time mechanics and stuff that he does that helps mix things up. Um, or, you know, movies that have like a really strong allegory to them where like, you know, there's, there's some kind of symbolism about what's really going on and what kind of personality dissections going on. And, um, you know, that kind of stuff really keeps me in it 
I have a hard time watching just like big action movies and stuff now though. Cause like when there's not something more to kind of pull out and understand and like, you know, yeah. when, when there's not that level, I, I have a hard time. Yeah. It's, it's tough, man. Like I had definitely had to learn to just get out of it and just realize that it's a popcorn movie, you know? Yeah. Cause I'm like going to these, like, you know, fast, I'm like, you know, on Netflix and I'll watch like somebody's watching like fast and the furious. And I was like, why would they do that? That's a good oh, movie. God. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, <laughs> and then, and then I'm just like, Oh dude, you can't, that's not what this movie was made for. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I always, I always tell people like, like, dude, when I hear people, like, breaking down some movies, I'm like, bro, it's not Shawshank. Like, you can't break it down <laughs> that much, man, you know? It's just a popcorn movie. Enjoy it for what it is, man. Yeah. In the in the topic of movies, I'm so sorry. Uh, what's What are some of your favorite movies? Some of my favorite movies. I, I, know, um, it's a, I know it could be tough, but... Yeah. No, no. Um, I think probably the the first movie that really got like really commanded my attention um, was probably Fight Club. Ooh, I ended nice. up saying, and I know that's like very very generic choice, and we'll get into my more modern <laughs> indie choices soon. Yeah. Um, but no, I think um, Fight Club really got me just like as a teenager because it was it did two things. One, it was the first time I was really introduced to an unreliable narrator. So the, you know, 21 years later, I think I can admit the spoiler, uh, the, the fact that, you uh, better not, they're going to come after you. Don't I, do I, it. I, 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 <laughs> spoiling a, spoiling a movie from 1999 <laughs> from last century. Yeah. Don't you How dare you <laughs> from last millennia. Yeah. Um, no, the, the fact that like, you know, we spend so much time with one character and the fact that there's this other character who's egging them on and causing all this chaos and stuff. And then to find out at the end, it's the same person. Mm-hmm. I, I think what that really did for me was it was the first time I saw a movie that was willing to take the perspective of somebody who is wrong, of like somebody who's not actually seeing the world the way it is. And like when a movie takes the perspective of somebody, it's it feels concrete. It feels like this is this is what is happening because it's what we're seeing, right? Mm-hmm. But then you know at the end to realize that all of these different things that we have seen have actually been his internal conflict expressed outward. That was really really interesting to me. Um, I loved the idea of seeing somebody's internal conflicts play out as literal conflicts happening. Yeah. Um, so that was big. And then two, it was my first introduction, David Fincher Mm. and David Fincher as a director, like one of the goals of filmmaking is to take all of these different pieces and parts. You got music, you got performances, you got cinematography, you got editing, you got like all these different aspects of it. You're trying to pull all that together into one thing to make it feel like one experience. Mm -hmm. And to me, nobody does that like David Fincher. Like, like, you know, there with most movies, you know, you're like, oh, the acting was great. Or, oh, I love the story. Oh, I love this. But with Fincher, it's just one thing. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really powerful. Um, I think recently a couple of my favorites have been Inside Lewin Davis. I really love that movie. Um, Nightcrawler is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, of course, enjoyed Parasite. Parasite was just <laughs> absolutely great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was amazed. Oh, well. 
I was simultaneously amazed and not surprised that it won. Not surprised because like it absolutely earned it, but also surprised because you know it's 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 not like the Academy to pick a, a <laughs> foreign language film as best picture. Yeah. Um, but it was so good. You just like you couldn't. You, there was, was like no way no to not vote for. Yeah, it. they were like, dude. Uh, I guess we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, those are those are a couple of my recent favorites. I think I enjoyed just about everything out of A24 and Neon nowadays. I mean, they're they're rolling out the hits. Um, I've been ridiculously excited for the Green Knight and then coronavirus, and that's been delayed into oblivion. Um, so yeah. I know, it's just, man, there's so many, like, heavy hitters coming out, and then now it's like, ah, oh, <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm, I'm sure, like, you're probably the same way, where, like, you know, you got that AMC pass, like, you spent most of your time at the movies, yep. you know? Like, I don't yep. really go to, like, bars or, like, clubs or, you know, it's like, movies and restaurants was, like, if you look at my bank statement, that's all it was, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Dude, yeah. um... No, uh, Karina, so before all of this, um, Karina and I got MoviePass, like, right near the beginning when they, like, uh, dropped the price, right? Mm-hmm. And so we were like, okay, if we're paying, like, eight or nine bucks a month, we're gonna go and we're gonna see a movie every Friday. And so for, like, I need to actually count it out. I want to say for, like, two and a half years, every Friday night, we went out, we did dinner, and we did a movie. And like, you know, a, uh, movie pass lasted what, like a year and a half before it cut off, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Before it crashed, which, but, yeah. but <laughs> movie pass walked so that AMC pass could fly. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, they killed it when it came out with that. <laughs> and then jumped, jumped right on the AMC pass, like 25 bucks a month. I'm like, that's still a deal. That's yeah, still a great deal. 12 movies a month? 12 yeah. movies. Yeah imax 3d everything yep. dude so, so it crazy started going it started going to um the dolby theater um the the I- amc 16 in burbank and so like that so every single friday for two and a half years we watched a movie and coronavirus and and like i haven't been to, and i love christopher nolan i was so excited for tenet mm. i don't think i'm going to a movie theater for that yeah. I, think, I think I'm gonna wait. I think I'm gonna wait. Man. I know, dude. Right? It's so scary. I'm like, dude, that's like an airplane 2.0. It's like just yep. as bad, dude. Yep. No, it's every, everybody sealed in one room with yeah. AC just like cycling the air, and we're all just sitting there breathing. And I'm just yeah. and and you're telling me people aren't gonna eat popcorn? Everyone's gonna be eating popcorn. Their yeah, masks dude. off, and I'm yeah. Just, no, no, man. That's how are you going to sanitize that, dude? It's like are they going to saran wrap they, every seat or something? What are they going to do? They have you know those like little weed killer things where you've got like the backpack with the, yeah. the the liquid in it and the sprayers. They're doing that. I'm not even kidding. Are you serious? Are yeah, they walk dude. around with the sprayers, spray down all this. It's terrible. It's oh, so terrible. Now you're, you're going to leave the, the movie Coronavirus and a wet ass. Yep. <laughs> yep. I could just imagine it now. So here are your 3D glasses and here's your bubble. You yeah. know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> jump in a bubble. Inflate it yourself. Yeah. Come back if you want us to inflate yeah. it. I mean, I, I considered traveling for it. I was like, maybe like, cause I, um, my family's up from Sonoma County. And so I was like, you know, I could, I could travel up and, and go see them for a minute and go there. But I'm just like, it's, 
It's just yeah. a petri dish. There's no way to get around that. No, there's no way. And so like, aren't they? Aren't isn't like AMC doing like twenty five cent movie screenings or something like that? I feel like I yeah, heard that somewhere. Yeah, they're trying real hard. Yeah, there's like fifty cent movie screenings or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dang. yeah dude. It's just I, fifty yeah. cents to get coronavirus. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, and like I've I've got the the projector set up. Like that's actually I have to say, uh, when you and I met in college and we'd hung out like once or twice. For some reason, I ended up going over to your place. I think I might have been to pick up some gear or something. And yeah. you had the projector with a projector screen, mm-hmm. and I'd never seen that done before. Yeah, and like within like two weeks, I got <laughs> mine, and I've had one yeah. ever since. It's the best. It's yeah, the absolute dude. best. So I have you to thank for that. You're very welcome. <laughs> I had, unfortunately, I had to get rid of mine. Oh no! Yeah, I gave it to oh, my no. brother. So my brother now in Portland is using it. So okay, but he has two kids, so he he definitely gets the good use out of it. You know. There you go. There you go. Yeah, Joseph. Speaking, has like... of, speaking of kids, congratulations. Ah, thank you, sir. Ooh. I know. Dude, we're gonna have a little Sasquatch going running around here. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> a little baby Sasquatch. Joseph's gonna be a dad. That's so crazy. I know. I still yeah. can't believe it, dude. It's crazy. It's wild. Yeah, yeah, man. Wild. The doctor told uh, Bianca that the baby's huge, right? Yeah, the doctor was like, oh, the baby's in the 97th percentile in height. I was like, uh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> when she told me that, I just looked at her and went, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're in this together. Yeah, I was like, uh, I was like, whatever you need, I got you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, this kid's going to be a giant, man. Earlier, you had mentioned that uh, you uh, you were a part of like some really uh, pretty awesome like uh, features, like Char- Shark Week, you said, or like MTV stuff. So right as coronavirus was actually about to start, um, I for a long time have been doing like promotional editing. So I kind of got got my start in like real estate videos, and I did that for a little bit, and I ended up going to like. I worked for a VR company doing some news stuff. I worked for a beauty company doing like promo videos. Uh, And then most recently, before all of this, um, I was working for Netflix and I would cut, you know, those um, annoying little like montages and stuff or the little clips that pop up whenever you're watching Netflix. Yeah, when you're scrolling (laughs) through it, yeah. That's me. No way, dude. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Um, Which uh, I no longer work for Netflix, so I can tell you, you can toggle those off if you go onto the website. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. You can turn those off. It's, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're about to break the internet. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's uh, the sec. I I found out internally, and it was like a bunch of people because we had like a pretty big team. It was a bunch of people being like, "Oh shit, our job's over." <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's um, so I did, so I was doing that for a while, and that was nice and steady. But like, I kind of came to realize, you know, I was giving forty to fifty hours a week to a job that wasn't going to go anywhere. It was just sort of like, I was never going to get a promotion. Like I asked, you know, like, Hey, is, is there any room for like, you know, going up and maybe cutting a trailer or something like that? Mm -hmm. Um, no, it just wasn't the place. Um, and so I started thinking about, I'm like, okay, you know, I have glass Creek films where I'm, you know, making these projects on the side, Mm -hmm. but if I'm giving 40 to 50 hours a week to something, 
I want we'll that, that to be something that can grow. Like some yeah. that that sh- there should be room for that to go somewhere too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, I was like, okay, I've done a good amount of editing. That's you know, that's what's paid the bills basically since I moved down here, uh, or since I left Starbucks way back when. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I was like, okay, I want this to go somewhere, and so I reached out to a friend I know who does assistant editing work, and I was like, hey you know, is there anything you think I might be able to get onto? And so he helped me get on to doing two weeks of, um, two weeks of work on immigration nation. Mm. Have you guys heard about that one? Um, a little bit, but it is intense. It's, it's the doc series that got access to ice and got to, oh, follow, yeah, yeah. got to follow ice on raids and stuff. And like, the genius of that series is the fact that they found subjects who were willing to be honest <laughs> about how terrible they are. Dude. And you had, they, they found a couple of people who were just willing to just, to just say everything like, yeah, this is just how it is. Yeah. We're, you know, Oh man, I was hoping we could make it a, an even hundred today. And like <laughs> of people fucking arrested and stuff. And like, it's, it is it is horrifying. It is important, and I wish I'd gotten to work more on that show. I helped. Um, I just helped them with the transition from the edit to online. So basically, I was doing like media wrangling and some premiere stuff. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I I got my two weeks in on that though, and then I ended up um, through that company getting Shark Week, and so I got to be the assistant editor on that one, and I actually got the chance to do some additional editing. Nice. So like. I did the first full cut of act four. I did all the international content. I did a lot of the bumpers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so that was really cool. And then right now I'm closing out a job for MTV. I can't talk too much about that one because obviously still in production hasn't come out yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, it's just kind of typical reality TV stuff, but shot from a distance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I dug into all of this stuff. And so what this has allowed me to do is I actually just got my 100 days to qualify for the editor's union. Oh, nice. And so I'll qualify as an assistant editor. Yeah. But, you know, going Put back. Door, yeah. Yeah. And going back like a year ago to where I was like, you know, I want this day job to be going somewhere. Now the day job's going somewhere. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's sick, man. I, I got very lucky. That takes a lot of people like several years. And I happen to have some of the right contacts to make that work. Um, yeah. That's like the beautiful thing about this industry. It's all just networking. And, you know, if you can prove that, you know, your craft and you're a good person, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause there's definitely people that know their crafts, but they're assholes and, no one wants yes. to and nobody wants to work with them. So yeah. that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like I thought you were gonna say something right now. Like, yep. So this one guy. No. Oh no 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 no! I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna call anyone out. Certainly not by name. <laughs> Just their Instagram. No. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I'll, I'll say that the current show that I'm on, uh, um, there have been a total of six assistant editors. I was the fifth, and we're currently uh, delivering the show. I'm the only one left. <laughs> Wow. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> it's been a situation for sure. <laughs> Way to stick it through, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see if uh, I'm hoping that sticking it through maybe gets me some editing opportunities. So, yeah, of course. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. yeah you sure. got to earn your earn your stripes, as you say, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, dude. So, w- what do you have uh, work going on right now? What's what, what's the what's the next project? So, the next big one is I'm working on a second feature. Um, and with the second feature, I'm trying to take kind of everything I learned from that first feature and roll that into making this like not just a better movie, but also sort of improving the production style of it. Mm. Um, so there's a couple of things that like I'm taking from Donovan Reed that I think worked very well. So going back, you know, like locations, making things very location based so that, you know, we're not spending a ton of time trying to decorate, you know, trying to build sets and trying to do all that kinds of stuff that can be expensive and time consuming and all of that. Yeah. Also trying to make it a relatively small film as far as like the number of actors and that sort of thing. And so basically the premise of the movie is that two strangers who are hiking on the Pacific Crest Trail, um, which if you're not familiar, Pacific Crest Trail is a trail that goes all the way from Mexico to Canada through California. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's two strangers who meet while they're while they're hiking on the PCT, and as they're traveling together, one of them gets badly injured, and they're fifty miles away from civilization. Wow! And so it's about them trying to make it out of the woods alive. Mm. Okay. And so there's definitely more layers to it, but on the production side of things, um, it actually keeps things relatively simple. We're talking mm-hmm. about two actors in the woods. Mm-hmm. There's some art that, you know, there's going to be actually there's a lot of, you know, art stuff that we're going to bring with us because it, it gets kind of surreal and it's it goes some places that I'm very excited about. Nice. But, um, you know, on, on the production side of things, you know, where, where Donovan Reed sometimes felt like, oh, there should have been more police officers or, you know, if this story is in the newspaper, why aren't there more people around? Mm-hmm. You know, like th- there were a lot of reasons you could look at and be like, oh, they clearly couldn't afford those extras or they couldn't, you know, they couldn't bring in all these things. But when it's two people in the woods, it makes it extremely simple from the production side of mm-hmm. things. And so, yeah, I'm actually, if I can uh, plug it a little bit. Yeah, go for um, it. So if you want, if, if this sounds interesting, um, you can sign up for updates at twodiealonefilm.com. Is there like an Instagram and everything already created for it? People can follow Got- it? Yeah, I've got, uh, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, I'm doing the email list, which the email list, I'm actually going to be like dropping stuff as we're in pre-production. So like, we're going to be actually like, something I'm doing with this film that's a little different is that we're going to pre-score it. So we're going to be working on the score before we shoot. Are you going to be using Um, the same person? Is his name Jared? Jared Newman, yeah. Okay, are you going to be using the same person? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to actually create a bunch of the score before we go on set so we can actually play it on set. Oh, that'd um, be sick. Because it's, it's a really intense mood piece. Yeah. Uh, and so I actually, I got that idea from, um, Joker, um, mm. you know, Joker, mm. I, I, I liked it. I had problems with it. Yeah. But one yeah. thing I absolutely loved about it was the score. Mm-hmm. Um, so and good. apparently like they pre-scored it so they they like had music to play on set yeah and that's like the entire like dancing in the bathroom scene and stuff like that the only reason that happened was they were playing the music and joaquin phoenix just started yeah. dancing yeah um and i think there's something really cool about if your score is very much intended to like dig into the character's psyche that playing that back for your your actors to interact with mm-hmm. i think is 
creates a very cool loop of yeah. like emotional resonance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I know like for some actors, like it's hard to get into that mindset. So to, so yeah. to have the music there, it's just, just easier and it allows them to just like free flow it and you know exactly yeah in any any way you can help them get into the space of the character and and to you know try and find the emotional truth of the thing yeah yeah and especially like um it'll just make the whole process a lot faster hopefully too you know um, um maybe we'll see yeah, um, yeah i know that's, that's, that's <laughs> what i was like hopefully <laughs> i don't i don't trust anything uh, that pr- that claims to make things go faster on set. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe. I don't believe a word. Yeah. Anyone who says that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, when you're like on set, are you one of those like uh, one take is all we need, or do you just keep take after take until you feel it's right? Or I wish that I could afford to take 35 takes, like uh-huh. or 70 takes, like David Fincher. Yeah. Um. That is a. That is very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's something I've kind of had to reckon with. Is like you know I I know that there are decisions that I would make if like you know I was playing with a sandbox of money and I'm just doing art. Like I would do things one way. Um, you know, like I I would probably lean towards like not doing handheld at all, and I would do like a ton of dolly movements and stuff like that, and like. You know, I would get into a very lockdown aesthetic. There would be more effect shots. There would be, you know, like um, more complex blocking and sets that allow people to really move around and interact with them. Um, but there are realities that come with being a low to no budget filmmaker. Um, you know, you really have to learn to adapt to what you have available to you. Um, and so, you know, for To Die Alone, we'll probably end up using more of a handheld aesthetic. But I want to take that and say, okay, you know, that's maybe not going the direction that I might want to go. However, how do I make that the perfect thing for this movie? And so that was something we did a little bit on Donovan Reed, where we have, you know, we used the shakiness to emphasize where like the character was distraught and anxious. And we made that sort of a, a, a part of him being anxious. And so, you know, we from there started using, you know, we would use sticks when we wanted things to feel pretty stable and we would go handheld when, you know, we really wanted the character to be feeling tense. Um, And we made that work for the movie. And so it's really about understanding your limitations and making that work for you. So I think two characters in the woods, that takes our limitations and really makes them work for us. And so that's that's probably the biggest thing I took away from Donovan Reed was really learning to, you know, get real with your limitations to say these are the, these are the things these are the barriers this is the what we can afford etc. Um, and saying okay how do we take those things that could be barriers and make them assets for the movie mm-hmm. and that's a huge benefit too because like when you do because I do believe you are going to get there eventually when you do get those really big budget films it's those little things that you pick up when you don't have money you have to think on the fly you have you know you have no other choice to be like all right well we're kind of screwed on this what can we do now <laughs> you know it's like those little things that you learn are going to be such a big asset when you do have the big budget to make the film you know what i mean absolutely yeah no it's that that toolbox is invaluable for sure mm-hmm. and you know going into going into donovan reed because everyone was really a first timer like it kind of felt like 
almost a grad school project, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's kind of it's it's the best grad school I ever could have gotten because if I you know if I went into debt and got a did a whole another couple of years of school and stuff like that, you know, like I would have learned some stuff. But we went out there with basically no money and shot an entire feature film, and I learned a million times more there than I ever would have learned yeah. in school. Yeah, man. Yeah, we've um, talked about that a few times. Like, so it's it's putting in like the work experience. You gain so mm-hmm. much more. Yeah, because I mean, you would have been in way more debt had you have yes. gone to grad school than you did just <laughs> saving up money to shoot this feature. You know what I mean? So for the second feature, I'm really trying to take everything that I learned about making a no budget project and try and make this next one, you know, using all of those tools. And hopefully on this one, I'll end up with, you know, more tools and keep that going. And I certainly, you know, I, I hope that someday I do get to play with big budgets. We'll see. Um, I certainly, I spent a good chunk of the summer. Um, I developed a sci-fi TV show with a friend, um, and we actually got the chance to pitch it to some very serious people. Hell yeah! Um, like we we got in on we we met with some people from some very very sizable companies. But yeah, I I have ideas if that ever happens, but I also have lots of ideas if it doesn't, mm-hmm. or if we're somewhere in the middle, or you know. Yeah. Fingers crossed. However it goes. Fingers crossed for you guys, man. Yeah. 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 Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Earlier, when you were talking about your new feature, I saw some some excitement in your face and in your voice. <laughs> you know, I think part of it because you're gonna be outdoors, and I was kind of scoping your Instagram, and it seems like you like the outdoors a lot. So yes. Yeah. No. I um I grew up in Boy Scouts, and so I was going on backpacking trips literally every you know. So every rad. <laughs> um. I I went on. Uh. I think. Five fifty milers and I did a seventy-five miler at Philmont in New Mexico. Whoa. Yeah. So like this is, you know, I'm there's definitely a lot of life experience that's going into this one as well. Um I have like I actually have an instance that happened to me that is that that echoes some stuff from this movie. Um, which is that oh, I went out on a fifty mile backpacking trip once with the rest of the troop. And both of my parents were there. Yeah. And I ended up on like the first day, I got like really bad blisters. And then I went into the lake, woke up in the morning, my foot was like really badly infected. <laughs> and so, yeah. And this is, this is after like, I've done a bunch of fifties. I've done a 75. It's like no biggie. And I just, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, but no, so like my foot was like all inflated up and like it was turning green and shit. And so I was like, okay, well, we got to get out. And so, <laughs> and so almost, almost verbatim, you know, the, 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 the plot points of this movie, except in the movie, it's a little bit more serious. Yeah. With, with me, it was, you know, like a couple of people gave me their, their walking sticks and like fashioned them into... Uh, 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 crutches, yeah, crutches yeah. Yeah. and so like crutched my way back like six miles oh, to get back God. to the car and then we go straight to the hospital Dude, no and way. i'm getting antibiotics and yeah or steroids and whatever <laughs> um but yeah so like you know it's it's i i think with donovan reed you know i was writing about something that i thought would be a cool situation but with this one i really am like drawing on personal mm-hmm. experience and mm-hmm. um i i do just <laughs> I do love the outdoors. I love hiking. It's it's been a big part of my life for a very long time. Yeah, that's rad. What's some of the like? What's one of the coolest places that you ever hiked? Mount Lassen is cool. 
because with at Mount Lassen, I did a 50 around there. And when you actually go to like Mount Lassen, it's like you, there's, I don't actually think that's Mount Lassen. I think it's called like Cinder Cone or something. Mm-hmm. But basically there's like a, a dormant volcano that you can climb up. Um, and it's just like, it's like top to bottom, like lava rocks and stuff. And this is like in Northern California. And so, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Cause like you could climb up to the very top and then it like dips down into this like crater at the top or whatever it's called. Uh-huh. Um, so that was really cool. Um, I love Glacier Lake up in the Sierra Nevadas. Um, mm. that's just, I mean, everything is just beautiful and amazing up there and it's the freshest air on earth. And it's just like, (laughs) I, I just absolutely love it up there. Um, locally, you know, I'll, I'll do Griffith park once in a while, but like we've found that we really enjoy uh, my wife and I, Karina, who Joe, you know, Mm -hmm. we love to go up to ice house Canyon trail. Mm, Um, that's a really fun one. Um, it's, it's less than an hour away. I'm trying to remember what the... It's at Mount Baldy. Oh, okay. Um, but, um, yeah, we we went up there for the first time on, like, Christmas of last year, I think. Um, and it was, like, just covered top to bottom in snow, and it's less than an hour from Hollywood. Yeah, it's so crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there's, there's a good amount of hiking around, and it's, you know, we've... Uh, we did the crazy Eaton Canyon hike once. Um, if you're familiar, <laughs> no, I'm, I've, I've never actually yeah. done it myself. No. I never heard oh, of okay. it actually. Do tell. Oh, so, uh, so, well, Eaton Canyon's got this, like, it's a pretty mild hike. It's just sort of like, you know, there's, there's a waterfall and there's a river that comes down and then there's just sort of like, you know, just some benign hiking through there, not really steep or anything like that. Uh-huh. Our friend Scott, who is insane, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> told us about this this other hike and he's like it involves some light mountain climb or it, it involves some light rock climbing light and i was <laughs> and i was like you know sure whatever i don't think that's going to be you know I, that's not actually going to be rock climbing no it was it was real rock climbing and we were like um we were using this rope to get across this ravine, like walking across this little like ledge that was like 6 inches, you know, yeah. like flat out mm-hmm. movie stuff um and i I was looking at it and he's like, man, I need to replace this rope soon. And I was like, what? You're like, wait, and he's you like, put this here? He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I put this up. Just like, but um, no, but it, at the top, I mean, it was absolutely terrifying. Would never do it again because I'm afraid of heights. Um, but we did get to see, um, there's like a total of seven waterfalls, I think, like up, up in that canyon. Wow. And so, you know, most people only really get to see the one at the bottom and they only see it from the bottom. Yeah. Um, we got to see we got to see that one from the top and then we went up to the second falls and then up to I think the third one. Dude. Um, so it's it's pretty cool but also it's like it's very very dangerous. It might be illegal at this point. I think <laughs> people have fallen. Yeah. Sounds it's, sketchy, yeah. man. <laughs> that's kind of like when I did super uh, sketch. <laughs> That's, that's kind of how it felt, but I mean, it's obviously like way more secure, but like when I did Angel's Landing, mm. um, when, once you get to that last part where it's just like the chain and you're on the side of like the cliff, <laughs> yeah. dude, I was like, it was me and my brother and uh, uh, our friend Jen, who also went to CSUMB, um, and she uh, she saw that section and she was like, yeah, I'm not going. So she stayed. I was like, cool, because I don't want to carry all my camera shit anymore. So, yeah. uh, And then me and my brother just got to that point. We looked at each other and went, 
well, I guess this is it. <laughs> you know, it's like if we die, we die. Fuck it. You know. Yeah, but, but that thing that that tra- that trail is like, man. Yeah, I re- everybody has to do that trail. It's so rewarding once you get to the end, the top. Oh yeah. my yeah. god, it's beautiful, man. Then you you know you you, t- you take a seat and then like uh, you sit down in a rock anywhere and you get out you get these little chipmunks coming up to you. <laughs> You're like, whoa, whoa yeah. what's up, chipmunk? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty epic trail. Yeah. Uh, first time I went to Angel's Landing or Zion was uh, during winter, and uh, there was snow. That's sick. And uh, yeah, I tried hiking up it, and it was I I chickened out because like my feet mm-hmm. would my feet is like ice on ice action. I was just slipping everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, man, like I don't want to die today. <laughs> like I'm cool, <laughs> Not you know. Today. <laughs> but yeah, I, w- I went back as soon as I got a chance, and I I conquered it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man, it definitely go. worth it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Zion is sick, dude. So. Yeah, Zion's great. Mm. We um the last time we went out, we made the mistake though of going out in like the beginning of August. Uh. And it's like 110 <laughs> degrees out there. <laughs> and like we we planned like we were going to be there for like a full week. Mm. And then we ended up just like doing the narrows the second day because that's the one thing we really wanted to do yeah, and yeah. we were both like dunking in the water because it was so hot mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Um, and then we just like, we, after like a day and a half, two days, we were like, okay, we did the narrows. We're done. Bye. Yeah. Let's go <laughs> home. <laughs> yeah. Then, I, yeah. The narrows is like an epic hike too. Like hiking through a river and there's like yeah. big old mountains. Like it was just something so cool. Yeah, yeah. Something out of a dream. I, there was a point where I was like, okay, we're the dinosaurs, you know, like this looks pretty <laughs> epic. <laughs> yeah. I'm always just like, man, I wish it, it, when you go to places like that, you're, especially me, I'm always like, man, I should have brought my camera. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. I'm like, I'm glad I didn't bring my camera. Because, right. you know, it's like you're in the day-to-day, like you're on your phone all the time. You're always around screens. It's kind of hard mm-hmm. to, like, just sit back and enjoy, like, just your surroundings. So when I go to places like that, I typically try to, you know, leave my cell phone in, in the backpack where it's hard to get, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm not on it, not taking pictures, just, like, enjoying it and, you know, just trying to remember it, you know. Yeah, soak it all in. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I always think, ooh, Nat Geo, like Nat sick. Geo. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, so when you go, do you take your dogs with you when you go to these places? Yeah. So, well, we just have the one dog. Um, we have uh, Artemis. She's a husky. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have fostered uh, other huskies. Oh, so man. you might, might've seen on like Instagram, like photos of like yeah. a couple of different dogs. Yeah. I'm just like, damn, um, how big is her? Hey, dude? <laughs> no, our place is not, uh, our place is barely big enough for one dog, yeah. but, mm-hmm. um, no, it, we, we do a little bit of fostering, but Artemis does come out with us on a lot of the hikes. Yeah. I, um, a lot of the national parks actually don't allow mm, dogs, yeah. which is really annoying, yeah. but most of them have like a doggy, doggy daycare. Yeah. yeah. So it can work for like a day or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, you can't take them to the national parks, unfortunately, mm-hmm. not for a long time. Mm-hmm. So let me get this straight. Is, uh, you said your dog's name's Artem- Artemis? Artemis, yes. Artemis. So Artemis is a chihuahua, but he's husky. Is that what you said? Um, no, no, no. no I'm kidding. Artemis is- <laughs> <laughs> no, he's husky. <laughs> I'm okay. Husky. I mean, she, she can get yappy at me for sure. <laughs> Now you don't feed her on time, or you don't take her on on two walks a day. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, she'll she'll make some noise for sure. <laughs> yeah, huskies are super smart and and really active dogs. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're they're very very smart in that like they understand what you're saying most of the time when you tell them to do stuff. Yeah. 
but they're also extremely stubborn yeah. about actually doing it. They they know you're like sit, and the dog's like, no, no I don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. No, how about you sit? Bro? Yeah. Like I know what you're saying, yeah. but I'm not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is just a whole nother level because it's like you're dealing with like it's like you're dealing with like a five year old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Does he argue back with you when you like <laughs> scream at him or like when you talk to him? Does he like like argue back? Yeah, she um she'll definitely if I if I if she's really hungry and she's like barking at me for food and I tell her no, yeah, she'll bark no back at yeah. me <laughs> and we'll go back and forth. <laughs> so yeah, she's definitely um she's she's very vocal and she's very opinionated. Mm-hmm. What uh what made you guys decide to start uh, like fostering? We've both had a passion for animals for a very, very long time. Um, and we knew that we wanted a dog and we had no intention of actually getting a dog until like we could move into a bigger place or move into Burbank, move to Burbank or eventually buy a house or whatever. Yeah. And we were just going to the shelter just to like meet some dogs. And huskies have this thing where they talk. Where they'll like they they make this little row, 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 yeah. Row, row, yeah. like that. It's like a it's like a human voice. It's weird. But like I was just like walking through the shelter, like looking at some dogs, and, and then she just like made that noise at me, and it was like she was talking to me, and I'd ne- I I'd never heard a husky make that noise before, and I was immediately like, okay, I'm getting this dog. Like whatever else is happening, like I'm just getting this dog today, and that's happening, and so. We weren't going to get a dog for years. And then I was just like, nope, yep, that one right there. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, like an hour later, she was in our car and we're like, okay, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What now? (laughs) (laughs) So it was, I'm not the type to to do a lot of uh, impromptu decisions like that. Um, But she was definitely one of them. And she's she's the best spur of the moment choice I've ever made. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> That's good to hear. Yeah, man. Does she yeah. does she like going on hiking trails too with you guys? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, she absolutely loves to hike. We whenever like we take her to Griffith Park or something like that, you know, she'll um she sees us starting to like pull in to the entrance and she jumps up she knows. And super excited. And yeah, <laughs> oh, she knows. That's awesome. Yeah. And like with ice house Canyon trails, she can go on that one with a lot of like state parks. She can go to those. And so we try and take her out on a lot of hikes. She's got her own like backpack and everything. So like, she can carry her own doggy bags and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's like a weird, uh, I don't want to say like myth, but a lot of people are like, you can't have a husky in, in the desert. Like they're, they don't, oh. they need the snow. They won't survive. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I see them all the time, dude. Like they seem pretty chill. <laughs> I, I have taken so many Instagram videos of our dog. She, when it's like really, really hot out, we'll open the front door and she'll go running out and go lay in the sun. Like there's shade, there's shade, there's inside, there's all, there's all these options for her. And she goes out immediately into the sun onto the hot concrete, just lays down super happy. And so it's, it's a myth. It's an absolute myth. Yeah. Yeah, My sister has a Husky mix with German shepherd and Mm -hmm. he does that. Like when you try to talk to him, you go, and you're like no and he'll go woo, 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 and like he'll just like go back and forth it's like the coolest <laughs> thing ever dude yeah doesn't he uh have like two different colored eyes too right yeah, yeah he has he has a blue eye so they call him his name's blue and uh, mm, uh he's go. an awesome dog I, I love that dog but he just yeah. he sheds too much and you know i don't want to get that in my car <laughs> <laughs> like i love you but not that much yeah yeah we, we don't hang yeah. too often because of that <laughs> that's fair 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so after we got Artemis, we uh, started just like looking into Huskies in general. And we, we found a group called uh, Hollywood Huskies. Mm. And Hollywood Huskies is a rescue. I can give them a little bit of a shout yeah, out. Yeah, go for it, man. Um, so Hollywood Huskies is, is a rescue that does, they do mostly Husky rescues in the LA area. Um, they also, they, they rescue some dogs that aren't Huskies, but like, that's kind of their primary thing. But yeah, they're, they're a great organization. Um, yeah, we've done all of our, we've done fostering for them at least twice and both dogs are really great dogs and both dogs ended up getting adopted from us, which was just amazing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And they like pay for like, you know, the food and everything. Like, do you get reimbursed for that stuff or is it just like like a volunteer kind of thing for you? Uh, we've done it as a volunteer thing. They definitely offer to like, if you're going to foster, you know, they'll offer to, to cover costs for the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, if we're volunteering our time, we already have, you know, yeah, you for have our dog. Food, yeah. we're like, yeah, you're fine. Isn't that, isn't that tough when you're like fostering a dog and you, you know, you, you get attached to it and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. you got to let it go now. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I would fight someone like this is no, you're not taking it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was definitely harder the first time. You kind of have to learn to like realize that you're doing the best thing for that dog. Yeah, because like w- what you really want to do is you want to help that dog get acclimated to what a good home should be. Because like most of them are coming from a place where you know either like our dog was a backyard breeder, or the first foster we got, we think like she was never allowed indoors and she just lived in a backyard. And like, Mm. so, you know, most of these dogs are coming from some kind of past. And so it's about trying to help them get acclimated to a solid, good home Mm -hmm. and then helping find them an owner who is going to continue to give them that. Mm. And that's like the best possible thing you can do for the dog is set them up for success hand them to somebody who's going to take care of them and then help the next one. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that that's what makes it like volunteering as opposed to just, I got a dog and I'm very happy. About it. <laughs> True. Um, so that's, that's the volunteer part, yeah. I think. And then plus um, like but it, your dog also gets to play with another dog for a little bit. And she loves that. Yeah. <laughs> she absolutely loves it. She must be the best. We're like, yeah, like it's, you know, that, that foster dog is only here for what, a couple months at a time or how long do you get? Do you have the dog for either a couple of days or a couple of weeks? Oh, okay. Kind of pending. Mm. They, they go pretty quick. We haven't done too many just because um, my my wife's a teacher mm-hmm. and I work pretty extensively too. And so between the two of us, we don't have a ton of time. But like during the summers, you know, she has some time off. We were able to take in, take in um, a dog for a couple of weeks. And then the last one was, I want to say like in the spring, something like that. Mm-hmm. So we've only had our dog for a year. Um, really quick, do you live in the LA area or where, where do you live? Yeah, I'm right in the middle of Hollywood. Nice. That's where all the work's at, I'm assuming. Yeah, I actually, it's weird because I was working from home doing the promotional stuff for like a really long time. And then like right as I was like, okay, I'm going to do this assistant editor thing. I'm going to work on TV shows. I'm going to like try and push that direction. Um, like the second I started doing that, coronavirus. Oh, man. And so, you know, I did, I did my two weeks on Immigration Nation and then I went to, you know, work on Shark Week and, you know, that's like right in the middle of March where it was like, it was pouring rain and we were here, like every news story was about how coronavirus is like coming into the country and suddenly there's this explosion and New York is devastated and like it was, it was like, uh, it was like being in a horror movie. Yeah. (laughs) And so I, I was like, hey can I just get a drive and work from home? And they're like, 
Mm, probably. And then the next day they were like, everybody at the company is working from home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, it's, it's weird because like, you know, this is, this is where the work's at, but I was working from home for a long time, worked in an office for like two weeks and then got sent back home and now I'm still home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very weird to be where the work is, but also to never go to work. <laughs> Yeah, that's really, I think that's the way of the future nowadays. People, you know, if you're able to work from home, then there's no need to have a building anymore, you know? Yeah, Yeah, companies are going to, they're realizing they can save a lot of money on like overhead and like office space. I mean, you know what I mean? Twitter did that. Twitter said permanently, you do not have to come into the location to work at Twitter. Yeah. And so you had all these people who are paying like crazy San Francisco rents. They're just like moving to the Midwest and buying mansions. And then they'll just work for Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, it's insane. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. I feel like I read somewhere like, um, maybe, I don't know. But anyway, they're, they're pretty much saying that like, um, they want, companies are wanting to pay you based on where you live. If you work from home, not based on your Ooh. job. And so like Ooh. that would suck. Ooh. You know what I mean? Cause like, That's... cause like, yeah, you could work for a big, huge company, but you're only going to get paid like, based on where you live so like technically you could be doing a job that pays it's supposed to pay well but they're like oh you live where yeah we're gonna pay you based on you know the average you know for that city state or whatever i'd be making like 10 bucks an hour i know (laughs) everybody would be so fucked (laughs) but like uh how how else has like the whole like uh coronavirus thing like affected you like have you tried to go on set for any like you know assistant directing or anything i haven't messed with going on set yet um i know quite a lot of people who are like starting to take on set work um because it's been months and months uh unemployment assistance or like the, the extra benefit gone went away um which like i think california just reinstated that they're doing like an extra 300 a week and that's retroactive to the beginning of august um which is good that's something but also you know it's people are having to start to go back to work just out of financial need Mm -hmm. um and so i'm you know watching i i've been very very fortunate to be able to work from home and be fully employed Mm -hmm. and i'm realizing the more and more i see you know other editors that i know not being able to find work I'm realizing how rare that is and how lucky I am. So I'm I'm very very thankful for that. And I haven't I haven't messed around with going on set just because I haven't had to. So I I've I'm again I've been very lucky there. Yeah. Also, yeah. I think that speaks volumes on the type of work that you do and the person that you are. Because if you're employed and all these people aren't, I think that go that that says a lot of good about you. You know your personality. You're you're cool to work with. You're creative and you're good at what you do. So I think that's like like a, like a compliment. You know. Yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's a mix. I think it's, um, uh, luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think I've, I've gotten the opportunity, which is the luck side of that. Uh Like I know a lot of people who are very good at their jobs who are out of work. And like, I know some like very talented people, very, like some of the best people I know who are just not able to find work right now. Um, and like, you know, I, I'd love to be able to say, oh, it's all me. Um, but I, I, I think I got lucky both to, you know, be in post, to know the people that I knew, to have already connected on a TV show that, you know, was, 
I, I was already walking into Shark Week. I knew I had that. Yeah. And that was, they were like, okay, now I guess we're all going to go work from home. Mm. I try to do my work well and I try to be reliable, but also, you know, there's, there's a fair amount of luck there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah and point. it's just capitalizing on those opportunities. A lot of people don't, Yeah, you know, um, and I think that's kind of like a good takeaway is like, just do it, man. Like, even if it's yeah. scary, you know, even if you don't think you can do it, like what's the worst that's going to happen, you know, like just take, yeah. take the opportunity. You don't know where it leads you, you know, like imagine if you didn't take that, um, the job that led to shark, shark week, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, where would you have been right now? Who knows? Exactly. Yeah. No, if I, if I hadn't chosen to make that switch at the beginning of this year, it, I, I honestly don't know where I'd be right now. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, yeah, because I know, Mike, you, did you say like your neighbor or something um, does like the testing for sets? Or? Yeah. Uh, so uh, my neighbor's brother-in-law, Alex's. Uh, yeah. His mm -hmm. uh, his brother-in-law does a lot of testing for COVID uh, on sets. So ever okay. yeah, since COVID started, like he's just been super busy doing that, which I thought was mm. super interesting, you know, because I, I think they give you the results like within minutes right he was saying yeah, i feel like it might be like 20 minutes or 15 minutes or something. yeah so that's pretty gnarly i, I guess they set up like this tent you you know you go in there you get tested and once you're clear you then then you're good to go so that's pretty cool that's that's the future that's <laughs> like at least the the foreseeable future <laughs> yeah. of production anybody who can do that kind of testing is is 100 going to be in demand mm -hmm. um you know there's like the every single movie studio every you know tv network has been waiting and waiting and waiting to shoot you know like the there you know the entire fall schedule hasn't been shot yet basically um and so you you see um companies like i think nbc has shifted like most of their fall lineup to be reality shows because that's all they can kind of shoot right now is they put some people in a bubble yeah. and you know do the reality <laughs> thing um but like trying to do you know like actual production it just it already takes so much work and there's so many moving parts and so many people that trying to keep that safe and locked down it's just it, it's hard but it, it, it can be done but it's extremely expensive oh yeah and so you know the bigger productions are going to start getting to make that work and they'll hire you know covid coordinators and stuff like that and you know i i really hope that that works um and with a rapid testing that should should work yeah exactly yeah yeah, it's it's like a it's so weird that like COVID took away so many jobs, but it also like created a bunch of other yeah. ones. The trip, yeah. Are you gonna for your for your new feature when you whenever you get around to shooting it? Are you planning on using the same crew? So we're gonna see. I'm not sure yet because um, it's really gonna depend on where everybody's at. Um, so most likely, it won't necessarily be all first timers again. But I think with this one, I'm actually gonna scale down mm. and on the first one we definitely ran into feeling like we didn't have enough people mm. and so scaling down might seem counterintuitive but here's sort of the model that we're considering if we're going to be shooting this thing probably during covid if it's in spring of, of this coming year 2021 um most likely you know coronavirus will still be a concern and so one of the things i thought about when i was first like working on the concept was how can I shoot something where I can basically get a group of people together, get everyone tested, everyone comes to set, and then everyone basically lives in a cabin for three weeks. 
And I was like, okay, you know, what, what kind of movie would work for that? And that's one of the things that got me into Two People in the Woods. But also, that's definitely a reason to do more days with less people. And so, you know, I we really pushed on Donovan Reed with a small crew. We shot basically the whole movie in 12 days. I'm looking at shooting, you know, more like somewhere between 18 and 20 days. Um, it'd be with a few less people. But, you know, we can isolate to the point where we're not all having to wear masks on set. And we're not, ha- you know, like we can literally quarantine bubble together. Um, and that's that's the idea of how we're going to handle coronavirus with this, but also why, you know, we're working a little bit smaller of a crew. Yeah. It's easier to pull off. And, and like a lot of people I know that on your, um, on Donovan Reed, they're all, obviously they're friends, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, uh, the whole anxiety or whatever being with that many people for the, so many days, like isolated, it makes it a lot it's easier. A lot. If, if you're yeah. all friends beforehand, yeah, you know, you don't want to throw in a random person. Like, who is this oh, guy? <laughs> who, in, yeah. who invited this guy? <laughs> we stuck with him for 18 yeah. to 20 days. Well, and, and on, on, you know, these tiny films, it's, it's almost always going to be people, you know, it's not going to be bringing in randos. Um, so it, it'll, it'll, I'm sure there will definitely be some crossover between the two crews for sure. And we'll, we'll see what everyone's availability is. Obviously, you know, like paid work comes first when it comes to this kind of stuff. You know, I, we got to be careful around everybody's schedules and make sure that like, you know, if someone gets an opportunity that they can take it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's a balance and, you know, we'll, I'll keep working on these movies and hopefully be able to scale them up over time. And we'll get to the point where we become the opportunity, hopefully. Yeah. That's the long-term goal. Do you, have you ever thought about, well, I'm sure you probably have, but uh, do you plan on maybe try to get some like out outsourcing, like financing or maybe do like a crowdfunding kind of thing for the film? I've definitely considered it. I'm a little bit weary of crowdfunding just because of like the amount of self-promotion that it takes to get that done. That doesn't, that's not typically something that I'm, it's not really my cup of tea, I guess. Um, and so what I've really tried to do is like, on top of all of the things I've learned about filmmaking from Donovan Reed, I also learned about distribution and release plans. And so uh, just just off Zoom camera here, I have a giant whiteboard that is filled to the... It's called To Die Alone Business Plan. <laughs> and it is covered from, from edge to edge um, with all of these different pieces and parts of a release strategy and how to pull it off and how to maximize... Um, views on release and, and all kinds of stuff. With the Donovan Reed release, there was definitely a lot of rockiness to it and things like I didn't know about self di- or not self distribution. We we did a distribution deal with Indie Rights, um, who Indie Rights does a lot of smaller movies. They do a good percentage, but they're relatively hands off when it comes to the actual marketing. Oh, really? That's crazy. And, yeah, so you can get a better percentage, but you know the, a lot of the marketing and advertising and actual like launch is on you. Mm. Um, and that's not something I super understood on Donovan Reed. And so, you know, we, we did our release and we, we did all right. Um, but I have all sorts of notes on like, okay, here's what I could have done differently. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't. And like really breaking that out into like, I have an extensive plan of like, okay, here's how this thing does better. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that I really want to have a second feature that doesn't involve financing. Um, for the second one, you know, I really want to level up the art 
I really want to level up the business behind this thing. Um, and I want, you know, I, I want to make this second film independently successful and success comes in the form of it having more artistic value in, in the story we're telling and what's underneath it. And like the fact that I've, I've built this really big allegory into the whole movie and it's, it's, you know, there's a lot more to it. Um, Donovan Reed is, is a fun mystery, but in the end, I think it's, it kind of does one thing. Mm. And with this one, I'm really trying to dig in and, and, you know, give it those extra layers, but also on the business plan side of things, I think I could make it more profitable as well. The hope is that I can take everything I learned on the first one, make the second one, and then the second one possibly becomes my calling card nice. for looking at financing and stuff for a potential next film or what you know wherever that might go from there. Um, but I think I think I want to make another one very much on my own terms, and then go in that direction. Yeah, and it helps you keep the like. Um basically like your vision true you don't have any outside source telling you like maybe change this maybe change that you know it's mm -hmm. <clears throat> you have like full creativity throughout the entire process that way yeah and I, I think you know i i think making another one at this budget level is is reasonable and i think i can certainly like you know i'm i'm confident that i can get a team together that can really do this thing justice under the circumstances but I definitely like long term, I do want to actually start looking at getting, you know, films financed and being able to bring in like, you know, bring in, being able to bring in named talent and stuff, which is what really gets eyeballs on her film. Mm -hmm. So it's I, I think this is a this is very much a second step in a continuing to uh, work my way up. Yeah. Your second feature sounds really exciting to me just from the aspect of uh, being part of your crew, because I just imagine like you're kind of. You know, like you said, you're in a cabin, you know, if, if, if you go that route and then like you're hiking to these spots and you're carrying stuff and you're in the outdoors, you know, and it just sounds yeah. really like, a, you know, I'm sure not a lot of people uh, have done something like that, you know. So to me, that's like super exciting to like just be hiking around and I don't know, being in nature and, and working, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I, I as I've said, I absolutely love nature. And so, you know, that's one of the things, too, that we're, we're long term once we start actually casting and crewing and doing a lot of that. You know, I'm, I'm focused on the script right now. But once we dig into a lot of that stuff, you know, one of the first considerations is going to be like, do you love the outdoors? Because <laughs> if you love the outdoors and you love filmmaking and coronavirus has you shut in. Yeah. This is it. This is the problem. Sounds like heaven, man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to leave your living room? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, and there's, there's such a good community of people too, who love hiking and love the outdoors. And especially like, you know, the fact that we're basing this thing on the Pacific Crest Trail. Yeah. Um, that's like a, a lot of people know about the Pacific Crest Trail and there's a stretch of it that goes through sort of the big bear area. And that's sort of where I think we're, we'll end up. We'll, we'll see. We're working on that right now. Um, but I think that that might be kind of the area we shoot where we might be able to get a cabin for reasonable. And but yeah, I'm uh, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, yeah sounds man. fun. Yeah, sounds sick. I was gonna, so you, you mentioned um, Glass Creek a little bit, and um, so is it just you or? So Glass Creek's my passion project. It has been for a while, um, but my wife really helps me out with a lot of stuff around that pro uh, the projects that we do. So on Donovan Reed, um, she helped a lot with the pre-production and then she made it to set and she was there for a week. Um, she worked as like, uh, she was helping as a script supervisor and a couple of other things. 
um, on like the Tezza music video. You actually, you worked on that one. You came, you did uh, ACing and uh, BTS photos yeah. and all that. Yeah, that one's sick, man. Took some awesome That's, photos. Oh, on thank that. you. But yeah, like, you know, for that one, she came on and she was doing producing. And so it's definitely cool to have um, somebody who's both your life partner, but also somebody who like cares about your work and your art and that sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do really appreciate the fact that she not just cares about this stuff, but is willing to come on and help and do all that kinds of stuff. Yeah. I do also sort of have some informal team members, I would say. Um, so like Noah Diamond, he's edited everything I've basically ever directed. Um, so he's, you know, I've I've been working and good friends with him for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. You, Joe, have been on a number of my things. Yes. Yeah. Um, so with uh, the Glass Creek's current slate of projects is primarily two features. It's this this feature that's coming up for me uh, to die alone, and then we have another feature, which is a doc, which I can't talk about the contents of because we haven't announced mm-hmm. yet. And there's some some talk of some pretty cool deals yeah, potentially dude, around that one's that gonna one. be so good, bro. I'm <laughs> yes. so excited. I'm so um, excited when you can actually announce stuff about it, dude. Yes. Oh, I'm I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, but it, it, you've been on that one as well. Uh, you, did you, were you on my capstone? Uh, yeah, I was also assistant camera. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shot. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you've been on a ton of my projects. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Bethany Martin has done a bunch of gaffing and gripping. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, yeah, they're great. Uh, Scott Segrin does a lot of stuff with me kind of like mixed roles a bunch of different stuff uh he he does acting he's also like he did sound on Don and mm. read yeah so there's like you know we have sort of a an informal group of people who who make stuff together mm. and it's a lot of fun and i definitely you know the the long-term goal of trying to you know make a second feature and and make the business side of that work is really the fact that you know long term i want glass creek films to be a full-on company I want to actually ha- like, I want to like formalize that team and actually have, you know, I-, I want to build that into a business and a successful one. It's such a weird thing that like in film school, they'll teach you all kinds of theory about film and like, you know, here's, here's what Woody Allen meant in this thing. And here's what, you know, yeah. here's what this, this French film is all about. Mm-hmm. But what they really don't teach you is like the business of it. Yeah, that's true. I, I definitely found like, you know, when I first moved to LA, I was like, okay, I'll get a film. Job. Yeah. <laughs> And then I worked at Starbucks for a year. And a half. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you just walk in and get a job, right? Just tell them what you do. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, that's you know, that's when I started picking up the real estate videos and started like going in, in that direction. But that was very like supplemental to Starbucks. Yeah. But yeah, but you know, I've but I have made it to a place where like right now I'm working on TV shows and I'm producing features on the side and like this is you know. This is my living. I've managed to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And so long term, I'm like, okay, you know, I really want to build this into a company um, where we're making films for a living. Um, and, you know, other people have done it. And it's it's certainly a, a lofty thing. I, I joke with my family. I'm like, it would have been much easier if I wanted to be an astronaut. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, no, but it's, you know, I, I feel like if I can level up, level up each feature... And if I can, you know, each of these things is more successful than the, the last, that long-term, you know, I can reach that goal. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. It's just making those little steps, you know, and you never know who's going to watch it. You have yeah. no idea, man. You know, 
it's uh it's just keep the grind going you know i think a lot of people just you get do. discouraged really early on and it's like hey man like look at some of the biggest actors in the world that they got their breakout role when they're 45 you know what i mean mm -hmm. so it's like you just got to keep going man you know eventually you know with like you said with a little bit of luck and hard work like yeah. it could happen for you man and you know it sounds like this is your passion too so where, where there's passion man there's that's that's where that's where it's at i'm sure if you were passionate about being an astronaut you would have been you know but you know <laughs> this is your passion so that's that's awesome yeah yeah so let me uh just gonna look through some of the questions, see if we. I feel like we answered most of the ones that we got. But yeah. let, let me check. Let me check them real quick. Mm -hmm. Oh, did you get? Did you get Instagram questions? Yeah, we got a couple. We already like touched on a few of them. Yeah, or or, okay. or all the ones that That's I cool. saw. But let me see. When you mentioned that you wanted to be a, you know, you want to start a company, would you be a, would you, would it be a company that someone says, hey, I have this idea for a movie, like I want you guys to make it, or are you the guy? Are you the ones making that movie that? Maybe you thought of something you, you want to make it. So I definitely love writing and directing. And that's like, that's been a major passion for me for a long time. But I've also started doing a little bit of producing. And I've found that I also am starting to really enjoy that. Nice. And so long term, like really long term, like pie in the sky here. <laughs> I can imagine... Glass Creek Films making three movies a year. Throw it out there. And I I direct one of those. Mm. And the other two are other directors that I'm on as a producer. Again, we're, we're pie in the sky here. <laughs> I can absolutely see that going that direction. Like, I would, I would be very comfortable with that. Um, I think rather than, you know, somebody coming to me and being like, hey, can you guys make this movie? Um, I think I would want to find other talented filmmakers. Like I'd want to find young people who, you know, have written and directed a, a killer short and be like, Hey, come over here. What ideas do you have for features? Like, let's get your first feature made and let's actually put a little bit of money. Nice. Um, and that's like, you know, again, this is, I, I have to reach pretty darn high levels of success to be able to do any of this. If I had those means, that's what I would be doing, is trying to help people get their starts. And maybe helping more people who don't uh, look exactly like me either. Mm. Not just a, a, a bunch of white guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're white? I got you. <laughs> yeah. We're coming up, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're finally going to get our shot. Huh? <laughs> so with, uh, with music, I know YouTube has been like a... Uh, major help for a lot of artists to get recognized, right? Has that been the case uh, for like sh uh, people that shoot film or make little small movies like YouTube? Has YouTube helped them out as well? I wouldn't say I'm plugged into that world. I think there are definitely like people who do make shorts. I, I think it's more people like like indie film hustle kind of stuff where like, you know, they sort of make a a little YouTube empire out of like, we make shorts, but we also make a lot of stuff about how we made the shorts and that kind of thing. So th those definitely exist, but I wouldn't say that YouTube is, uh, at least for me, hasn't really been a factor. Yeah. So uh, w one of the questions we didn't, uh, was if I wanted to get into, dire into directing, what top five movies should I watch and like study? Right, right, right. For like, okay. To watch for inspiration. So first off, I would definitely recommend going back to some classics. Um, and, and by classics, I mean like 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, so 
I've recently gone back and rewatched Jaws, Alien, and Jurassic Park. All three of those, they're, they're extremely successful movies, and they do have, like, spectacle to them. But when you actually watch the direction of the performances, they are absolutely astounding. So there's, like, my favorite moment in Jaws is not, doesn't have a shark in it. <laughs> um, it's when, and I'm, oh my god, I just forgot, I'm terrible with names, I forgot, I've forgot the main character's hey, don't name. don't come to me, dude. Uh, I don't the, know the, either. The, the, but, so, the cop? Yeah. yeah. The yeah, sheriff. sheriff. I, yeah. I, I don't remember his name. We'll call him oh. Sheriff. <laughs> um, but like, but it's, it's where the dad and the son are just like eating dinner together. Um, and they're just like sitting at the table. And the dad is just, the, the dad who's the sheriff is just absolutely exhausted from everything he's going through. Um, but like, you know, as he's exhausted, you know, he like leans over and is like, you know, holding his head and like the kid does the same thing. And then, you know, the dad does like, he does a couple of different things and the kids mirroring him. And then he looks over and they like make eye contact and they start like mirroring each other. And it's just such a beautiful exploration of like like how kids can like see emotion but can't quite understand mm-hmm. it but also like how the, the son like wants to be like the father and it's just such a, like a, this beautiful interplay of fatherhood and i was just like oh my god <laughs> like this is in the this is in the giant shark yeah. movie and <laughs> so i i think you see like a lot of similar stuff in alien and and jurassic park has a lot of great stuff too um and so, you know, I, I would start off by going to classics like that, first off. Um, second off, I'll shout out. I'll definitely go back to, to some of my modern favorites. Um, I would say Nightcrawler and Inside Llewyn Davis are both just fantastic character studies. I think you're going to find all sorts of subtle acting and just really, really strong directing in there. Um, and, you know, both of those movies are also very unified in their tone. Um, I think Gone Girl is fantastic. I think it's, that's an absolutely wild movie and it, it handles some like serious tone shifts really well, which I think is a, a difficult thing to pull off as a director. And again, that's Fincher. Um, and the social network, mm. social network is social network is some of the best directing I've ever seen in my life because they take something that is absolutely boring to legal hearings about Facebook <laughs> And between Aaron Sorkin writing and David Fincher directing, Dude. they turn it into a fucking epic. Yeah. And then the sound design, the music was so fucking mm-hmm. good. Yeah. That, was that Trent, Trent what, Reznor? That's Trent yeah. Reznor and Atticus yeah, Ross. so good. Dude. Yeah. Oh. I think that was that was like their second or third collaboration. Uh, Finch, Fincher had them on Dragon Tattoo first, I think. Or maybe I'm getting the order wrong. I don't know. Um. But yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, so some classics: Nightcrawler, Inside Lewin Davis, uh, Gone Girl, and Social Network. Nice. Yeah, those are good movies. So the other question was, um, how how was your process as a director when you're not really getting the um, kind of getting like the scene correctly from like the actor? Like if the actor's just not nailing what you want to come mm. across the screen, like. So a big part of that is actually happens offset um, or at least happens, you know, like not on the day, um, which is building a lot of trust with your, with your cast. 
Um, so you want to make sure to establish a relationship with, I mean, you should relate, you should establish a relationship with everybody who's on your cast and crew. First off, um, you should know everybody, you should know what they want. You should like have a good understanding of how they are because a big part of directing, but also producing is getting everyone to work together well and efficiently. If you establish a good amount of trust with your actor where, you know, when you're first having conversations with them about the role and what's important, um, you really relate your own personal experiences to it. And you're willing to be like very honest and open with them. You create a trust and that trust comes across to when you're actually on set so that if they're doing it, you know, they're going in one direction and that in the end is not what you're wanting that you can go to them and say, we're going to go a different direction with it. Here's an adjustment. Try this as if this, mm. or I want to hit this harder. We're going to go in this direction. And it's, you know, if you say that to somebody who you barely know, that person's going to be like, well, I think it's this way. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're stuck. You're absolutely stuck there. Or if it's y- your friend who doesn't really do acting or, you know, so I think it's, it's getting somebody who takes their work seriously and then building that personal relationship so that, they trust you when you're like, we're going to go this other direction yeah. with this. They just have to trust your vision and like, all right, I mean, they might think it's odd, but if they trust you enough to be like, all right, fuck it, let's do it. Let's see what happens. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's really just building that relationship and then uh, giving things as adjustments to, like you never want to say to an actor, like, that was wrong because there's there's nothing wrong in what they're yeah. doing. Like they're, they're making this complicated series of decisions about human behavior and then trying to express it. They're doing a complicated thing. And so you've got to take that and be like, okay, I really want to dial up the anxiety. Let's take the anxiety to like a nine and then try it and go again. And then they give it again and you can kind of be like, okay. So it's it's sort of like 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 tuning yeah. a guitar where you're like, you know, oh, okay, that's a little flat. Okay, we want to take this a little this direction. Okay, let's, you know. So you have to play it by ear a little bit, but it's a lot of a lot of nudges back and forth. As long as you have that trust established off the bat, nice. yeah, so totally. fine tuning. Yeah, man. Well, shit. I guess we'll uh, we'll let you go. Is there anything else you want to ask him, Mike? Uh, yeah. Before we wrap up, is there any any anything you uh, any shout outs you want to give, or just anything that you want to throw out there? Shit on anybody. No, <laughs> roast you want to roast. Somebody? First of all, I want to say, <laughs> just gonna use this to, to set up some beefs. I told you I was gonna make it. I told you. I told you. <laughs> I should have written something. Down. <laughs> First off, if you're considering uh, getting an animal, please adopt. Don't shop. Super important. Uh, spay and neuter your animals. Super important. On the more film-centric side of things, um, again, like if, if you know, you heard any of the stuff I was talking about with To Die Alone and are interested, uh, we're doing a mailing list and all that kind of stuff where we're going to be sending like a bunch of behind-the-scenes content that we like don't put on social. Um, so if you want in on that, it's todiealonefilm.com. Right on. So if someone, uh, someone wanted to find you on social media or uh, find like your... Uh yeah, just your your handles. What what are they? Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm on Facebook and Instagram mainly. Um, you've got Glass at Glass Creek Films, at To Die Alone Film, and at Austin Smigalski. Because I have a weird last name, so I got all of just my own name. <laughs> I know, nice. lucky dude, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had to use Joseph Padilla official. <laughs> <It> fucking <laughs> sucks, dude. I had, to but use- I got JosephPadilla.com somehow. I don't know Ooh. how I was able to buy that. That's good. Hey. 
At least you're yeah. official. <laughs> He's official. It's done. <laughs> Officially trash. Huh? <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, I appreciate you coming on. I know it's, uh, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been way too long. Um, yeah, we, we end up on a film set once in a while, but we never actually just like I hang know. out. It's, well, I'll have more free time now. <laughs> Whenever all this like yeah. COVID stuff like chills out, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we don't know when that's gonna be though, which is yeah, that's the sad part. I want I want my Friday night movies back, man. <laughs> dude, fucking yeah, dying. Man. I hate I, it. I've yeah. I know, dude. Listen, <laughs> I'm starting to get <laughs> sad now, dude. <laughs> I'm a. I'm, I'm sorry. Good. I'm sorry. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's all just go to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm. They don't have any coronavirus yeah. there, and they have yeah. hobbits. I want yeah. to go there. <laughs> yeah, no, Austin. Just want, just want to say thank you so much for uh, for your time. You know, it's super valuable, and uh, yeah, I really look forward to your second feature. We're gonna follow you, and uh, we wish you the best of luck, man. Awesome. Thanks. It was good to meet you, Mike. Well, yeah, man. I appreciate you know, like I said, I appreciate you coming on, and um, yeah, we look forward absolutely. to all the cool shit you're gonna do here in the future. Definitely be on the lookout. <laughs>